2: T's and C's apply in South Wales. Authorisation number tp slash 01005.
1: The
0: Opinions, the panel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Panel this morning consists of uh, Jamie Wall and uh, Brad Lewis. Uh, Brad, uh, in particular, I'm sure you were uh, glued to the telly yesterday. UFC 271. Uh, fair enough result for, for Adesanya, just dominant?
0: Yeah, look, he... Um this is probably harsh but he he look—he won in my opinion four of the five rounds there's definitely an argument that Rob won rounds four and five and two is what we call a swing round in the sport but Izzy did enough to win that round for me um, and, and look we've got, we got—we had the two best middleweights in the world by a long way against each other it was always going to be a close fight and, and Izzy just, just too aggressive uh, kept the fight where he wanted to Rob got takedowns but Izzy got up straight away um, and controlled um, the octagon you know had the fight where he Wanted for ninety percent of the fight, and, and for me, it was a it was a decision win for Izzy, um, and the judges backed that up as well.
1: What are we hearing uh, about this this new contract? Uh, this astronomical figure.
0: Yeah, look, I'm I'm hearing it's reasonably cl- close to the sort of money that Conor McGregor and Brock Lesnar have been on in the past. Um, I mean, Conor, Conor. Makes about five million a fight as a flat rate. So it's reasonably close to that. I'm um, not quite at Conor McGregor level yet. He's not the worldwide draw card, but uh, he's. From, from my understanding, he's now the second highest paid player, uh, fighter in the UFC. So uh, um, no one's ever going to make Conor McGregor money. The guy has such a massive worldwide appeal. Uh, and, and Brock Lesnar was very similar to that. Um, but but yeah, um, as he's definitely up there. And look, if I could throw out a number, I would assume, and I have no concrete evidence on this, that he's making close, probably close to $3 million a fight on his new deal.
1: Wow. Okay, that is uh, some serious hay there. Uh, not so much uh, for blood diamond and carlos alberg although carlos alberg Brad, was uh, just a little bit more impressive than the uh, first fight
0: yeah look he uh, he was so patient i spoke to carlos last week and he he, he had a feeling the fight would be boring because he watching um, video of shirat he he doesn't he's not an aggressive fighter and so carlos's plan was just to sort of sit and counter strike which he couldn't do so he ended up having to lead uh, and he was just completely dominant, shut out on the scorecards. Uh, unfortunately for for Blood Diamond, he didn't get a chance to show off his amazing kickboxing skills uh, against a really good grappler in Jeremiah uh, Wells. But look, a tough tough first up fight. Uh, Blood just sort of rushed in there at the start of the fight, looking for for a bad knockout, and got caught in a takedown, and that was the end of his night, unfortunately. But he'll be back. He's super super talented. Um, and Carlos is a guy to watch, Smithy. I really think the guy has the ability to to win gold in the light heavyweight division in time.
1: Okay, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, good news overnight, uh, Jamie. For uh, Ryan Fox, uh, winning uh, a second time actually in the in that particular tour, but by far his most prestigious victory.
2: Yeah, yeah, great news. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, great news for Ryan Fox. Uh, you know, a guy who's just plugged away in the background and been representing New Zealand on the on the world stage so well. Um, I think he got round. What was it, twenty two under? Uh, which is a pretty mm. pretty decent score scorecard and. Um, you know, he's, he's had, had plenty to say um, over the last few months about, uh, you know, coming home and, and the MIQ situation and everything. And, and hopefully this, this one will just sort of push him back into the limelight because I think what, he, what he's saying is a, is a valuable contribution to the, to the discussion. So well done to Ryan Fox. He's, um, uh, you know, it's been a pretty, pretty good time for New Zealand golf lately with Lydia Ko's win as well. So, you know, uh, best of luck to him. And uh, hopefully it means it'll be a big year for him.
1: Well, Kiwi's uh, making money all over the place too, Jamie, because uh, we've just talked uh, with Brad about this lucrative contract, this new one for uh, DeSanya in particular, but uh, um, uh, Ryan Fox making uh, around $400,000, and uh, over the weekend, uh, two or three cricketers getting it in the back pocket as well, something substantial.
2: Yeah, the cricketers, must it must be Christmas for them uh, around, around this time of year, because you know, yeah, all of a sudden, uh, Lockie Ferguson's a lot richer than he was yesterday, uh, or on, on Friday, rather. Um, and it could pay up for Devin Conway as well. Um, you mentioned it earlier. I, I do have to question the logic behind Lockie Ferguson getting, what was it, a couple of million and, and, uh, and Conway getting a couple hundred thousand. Like, how you can value one, of, one ten times more than the other, uh, especially in T20, where uh, a guy like Conway uh, can, can win you a game with the bat. Uh, probably more often than a guy like Ferguson will win it with you with the ball is uh, is, is kind of staggering. But you know that's that's other people's money that they're, that they're playing with. Um, you know, uh, so um, no, it's an interesting way of going about uh, doing it. You know, an auction rather than a, than a draft. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's some good good money for those guys that set them up, um, and uh, hopefully they'll shine in the IPL. It is serious
1: money, uh, I believe, uh, anyway, Brad, because uh, we just talked about Asanya's pay packet. Uh, but, you know, the, for me, for, I, I can't quite get my head around the fact that you get a couple of million dollars for bowling four overs max every three or four days. I, I just struggle with that. Maybe I'm jealous.
0: <laughs> if you look into the unsold list, and that's where where the evidence lies for me, is that these teams are pretty stacked with, with leg spin bowlers, Uh, And with top order batsmen, it's all rounders and pace where the, the international all-rounders and in pace, unless you're a Pat Cummins or a Josh Hazelwood, you know, it's, the, it's the Ben Stokeses of the world, the Marcus Stornis's of the world and what have you. Um, you know, those, those world-class all-rounders and then you're, you're out and out pace bowlers that, that, um, from international teams that get picked up because I'm, I'm, my guess is that these teams are pretty stacked with top order batsmen, uh, and, and slow bowlers, um, coming out of the subcontinent. So, uh, you know, it, It's it's mind boggling to me that Adam Zampa hasn't been sold. The guy is an unbelievable bowler. Uh and but there's I guess there's like five or six Adam Zampers going around in Indian domestic cricket that aren't gonna cost the type of money that he costs. And, you know, Adil Rashid's another one, East Sodi's another one. We're talking three of the top five or six leg spinners in the world that haven't been picked up. Um, you know, and and let's not even start with Steve Smith. I guess it hasn't been a sort of great few years for him in t20 cricket but he's, he's still one of the best batsmen in the world but that, mm. that this is the thing is that these teams are after all-rounders and out and out pace which is why Lockie ferguson's been picked up because he'd be the quickest you know he's one of the top three or four fastest bowlers on the planet and that's what these teams are needing is out and out quick bowling at the death particularly
1: yeah it's uh, I, I totally understand your concept and I I also think it's very important, actually, where you're placed in the auction as well. But uh, stay with us, guys. Uh, Please, if you can, uh, some interesting stuff to talk about after the news. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Brad Lewis and Jamie Wall with us this morning. And uh, Mark Todd, Jamie, and the headlines, Uh, again, not so much for jumping fences or training horses, but for... Uh, bad conduct and has had to apologise
2: to the horse as well. Yeah, not a great look for Sir Mark Todd, I have to say. Um, even though uh, if you'd told me that someone taking to a horse with a whip was going to get them in trouble, um, I, it would, uh, I'd find that reasonably confusing considering that that's what they do on uh, racetracks uh, every single time they race. But anyway, like yeah, it, was, um, it didn't look great uh, for him. A guy that's uh, should be, you know, be held as a held as a national hero, given his, his feats at the Olympics and everything. But uh, he said he was sorry. Um, you know, it, it's also it's it's an environment where uh, he he he's been in for a long time, and people who live in cities and and away from horses uh, probably wouldn't have any any idea about. So uh, I'm I'm willing to take his apology, uh, you know, uh, in the right way and uh, just sort of get on with it. But I mean, th- those sort of things happen on farms. Um, so. Um, if, if people don't like seeing that sort of stuff, they probably shouldn't be watching it. No, and perhaps people shouldn't be
1: filming it and putting it all around the world either, but we say that on a daily basis about life in general, to be perfectly honest. Uh, today, uh, biggest day in American sport annually, uh, Brad, and that, of course, is, uh, is Super Bowl day. Uh, do you, does it get you? And, and uh, uh, if it does, why today?
0: Yeah, look, I'll be watching it from work at, um, start work at midday, so that's a nice way to to spend four hours today is watching the the Super Bowl, which is a four-hour effort if if you dig in there. But, look, it's it's probably not too fashionable teams from a New Zealand perspective. You know, we're used to, like, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, uh, the, the Packers and the Patriots and these sort of teams, but look, the Rams, uh, have been really, really good in the playoffs, uh, with, uh, with Stafford at the back. He's a, he's been, had a phenomenal year this year and they have an amazing, uh, wide receiver as well. Uh, so f- for me, they're probably the favorites, but, um, hey man, the Bengals looking for their first. Th- the super bowl uh it, it's a pretty cool story if they can do it considering where they were two years ago as the laughing stock of the league and now now they're in the in, in the major game the super bowl are uh, looking to, to claim their first ever championship against a team that hasn't won in, in 20 23 years
1: well of course uh, jamie american sport attracts a lot of attention purely on a population basis if nothing else but it's a different kind of finale isn't it because you know, the, the NBA has played over a series of games, the final, uh, and if you look at uh, Major League Baseball, the World Series has played over, like, the best of seven games. Here we've just got a cutthroat game, which grabs America by the scruff of the neck.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's part of the appeal of the NFL. You know, you have Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NHL, which will have, uh, you know, 80 to 160 games a, a season, uh, so it's on pretty much every, every couple of days. Uh, but football, you know, every game means something. Every game uh, has playoff permutations. And so it makes sense that the, la- that the final would be one game uh, itself. And obviously the nature of the game uh, lends itself to that. But, I mean, Brad just touched on it before, um, the storyline. Uh, the great thing about American sport is it throws up these storylines. You have two great ones um, today with Matt Stafford, who slogged away in Detroit um, for over a decade, uh, and did his best, um, and almost, but almost um, had that that dreaded bust uh, attached to him for that whole time. Um, and now he's he's made a move to to a team and may win a Super Bowl in its first his first ch- uh, chance with that team. And then on the other side, you have Joe Burrow, a guy who's won a college championship and a Heisman Trophy, and uh, missed his rookie season, most of his rookie season with injury last year. But his first real chance, he's grabbed it and become one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. So. It's really intriguing um, showdown between a veteran and, and a young gun, uh, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Myself, I'm picking the the Rams to come out on top. I just think that they've just got a better all-round team, and perhaps uh, Joe Burrow's uh, moment in the sun won't be too far away, though.
1: I think they're about 125 to one, Brad. The start at the start of the whole season, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals to win Super Bowl about 125 to one. Uh so this yeah, would be a hell of a story if Burrow got them up.
0: It would and it shows you what a elite quarterback can do to a team right like uh, as as Jamie said like you know Burroughs has been, been absolutely outstanding this year. and Look, they've, they've been the underdog in every single game they've played. They beat the top seed in the Titans. They beat everybody's favorite in the Kansas City Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. And Who's going to say they won't do it again today? I, I don't think they can win a shootout, so I think their defense is going to need to be really, really good to shut down the Rams. I don't think they can win a game sort of 37-36. They could win the game sort of 19 to. 15 or something like that so they're going to need to keep it close um because if if it's an open game then then the rams have the offensive weapons to to dominate
1: jamie good news for our women's uh, rugby players the black ferns in particular uh news coming through this morning 29 fully contracted black ferns uh leading them uh in their preparation etc for the world cup
2: yeah i'm actually i'm standing right next to them uh as we speak, i oh. um, just had a couple of interviews with um, with uh, Rohit and Eloise Blackwell uh, down here in Kingsland. Uh It's uh, yeah, it's a very important time. Um, personally, it's for me. For me it's, uh, it should have happened a while back because uh, you saw the issues that happened with the Black on their tour uh, last year, um, and what not having fully contracted players. Uh, the effect of that, again, when you are playing against fully contracted players, so they have a lot lot of work to do um, before the World Cup later this year uh, which is being held, obviously, here in New Zealand uh, but this is a pretty good start um, uh, still a few question marks over Super Rugby year and when exactly that will take place and in and what sort of format mm. um, but, uh, you know the more rugby they can play, um, the better we get there's obviously going to be a full Farrah Palmer Cup season as well and this is i uh, just been informed that there will be test matches against the USA and Canada. Uh, whether they'll be here or overseas uh, remains to be seen. So, you know, the, the fixtures are in place. And it is worth remembering, though, that in 2020, at the start of 2020, before the pandemic happened, uh, there were 13 test matches set down for the Black Blackburns. So things were already being set in, set in motion by New Zealand rugby in, uh, uh, in preparation for this World Cup. So, yeah, it's a good day for women's rugby in New Zealand, um, but a long way to go before um, we're really going to know What's going to happen at this World Cup,
1: Uh, Jamie? uh, France, look. uh, I mean, they they look very good against the All Blacks. They looked uh, perhaps even better against Ireland. Uh, They are are clearly number one now, uh, as we stand
2: right now. Well, you have to have to think so. Um, Obviously, the uh, the 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 Six Nations really does uh, throw up a lot of um, interesting. Implementations uh, at this time of year because of how quickly things can change in Northern Hemisphere rugby. Um, but the thing that I think is making people really recognise France as the real deal is that not only are they keeping the same team from week to week, which is a very unfrench thing to do, uh, they're also playing the same style. Uh, they, they've got they've got they seem to have um, a personality or a uh, of their own of that team where you you sort of know what you're up against. And they've got probably, they've definitely got the world's best halves combination at the moment, as and it's a Intermac who just uh, took, took um, Ireland apart, you say. And that's a very good Ireland team as well, you know, like they didn't play badly either. Mm. And that's an Ireland team that's going to be coming down here in July, uh, to playing against the All Blacks, who, you know, if they can pull off a decent Six Nations campaign, are going to be coming down here full of confidence, you know. Uh, and that's going to be a really interesting series. Uh, for the first time in ages, we're going to have a really interesting uh, mid-year All Black series. Uh,
1: Brad, uh, of course, just staying on the rugby uh, note as well, uh, Super Rugby expected to get underway uh, this week, but, man, what a nightmare it's been for uh, Moana Pacifica, uh, you know, not even able to get involved in uh, that uh, last weekend, uh, that uh, last hit-out last weekend. So what chance for those, those poor guys, really?
0: Yeah, they're on a high to nothing, right? Like, uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, a lot of good vibes around with the minor pacifica team like I think they've done a really good job in pre-season with some of the social media that they've put out there they've been very uh, media savvy in terms of making themselves and anyone you want to talk to available which is extremely rare in rugby in New Zealand um, with any super rugby or national team if I can just take a quick jab at New Zealand rugby for a sec um, but yeah I think it's, it's really unfortunate uh, and. Yeah, I mean, they—they, they, as I said, they're now on a hiding to nothing in terms of on the field, uh, which is, which is, which is a shame because you know I think they were probably going to be up against it anyway. Uh, this season um, with with their roster um, as it was so yeah it's just sort of taken the shine off Um, and just quickly Smithy I love this French team Uh, they caught the All Blacks with their their pants down last year Fico is an outstanding centre man that guy can play rugby and as Jamie so rightly pointed out Intermac and DuPont are unbelievable uh, as a combination and and yeah he's right like picking the same team every week it goes to show that rotation can be flawed Um, and their fullback is an outstanding player as well and jaminash so they have got world-class players and world-class positions and um, they, they are the early favorites um this far out from a world cup um for me especially when they're playing at home
1: okay gents uh fantastic that coverage this morning on all those particular subjects i uh, really do appreciate uh, your part in the panel this morning brad lewis there uh, and jamie wall on a number of issues